say a prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this day. I thank you for just all that you are and all that you do. And I just pray today, God, we would make much of you. Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, be lifted high. And just have your way today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My desire for you guys is that you would just fall in love with Jesus, that you would leave this room walking on clouds, your heart crying out to the one who died and rose again for you, because he is just that good. We've been in a message series that we call I Can, and what we did is our very first Sunday, we handed out soda cans to everybody, and we talked about how the soda can was formed, it was made a specific way, it was filled, and it was sealed. Um, so that it could be sent out. And that's what God has done if you are a believer in Jesus Christ for all of us. So that first Sunday, if you you weren't here, you missed it because everybody got a can of soda or Red Bull or seltzer water, different things like that, whatever we had to show there's different sizes of cans, just like there's different people here. But God has a plan for each of us. And um, he has formed us and created us. You are that way for a reason. The next week, we handed out an envelope to everybody. Normally, we do sermon inserts, but we handed out an envelope to everybody. And that envelope with the idea, um, when you write on an envelope, um, you write where you're going, where it's going, is always bigger than where it's from. And I changed the spelling on that. Somebody corrected me from last week. All right, that's the U-R. Where you're from is always smaller. So yes, God can use your past But where God wants to take you, that's what he's focused on. God wants to do good things, great things with people. And um, it's my desire to see that happen, even if it means helping you move to Africa. All right, if God calls you there, why not? If God calls you to do anything in life, why would you say no? Would you rather be living in an apartment in Columbia, just working a regular job, or go on an adventure with Jesus? All right, sometimes it's hard to keep me here in the States because I would love to go do that someday. So where you're going, and then, of course, the the envelope is paid in full. Then we talked about different keys. We talked about um, we – I didn't hand everybody out a key, but we all have keys. We brought them out of our pockets, and we talked about how there are ways of gaining or – or preventing access, and how there's certain things that, yes, the gospel is true, but there's certain ways that we can live our lives according to God's word, and things happen just a little bit better. And we talked about that, about how when you are a servant, like God honors that, and then he will often put you in a place of leadership. And so there's certain things we can do. And so today we're going to move, and we're going to talk about your vision. We're going to move from I can, this is the last day of this, to I will. Okay, and so I'm going to hand something out of my friend David and whoever else wants to help him so we can get this going quickly. I don't want you to get weirded out. So this may or may not have been a good idea. All right, but I'm handing out a will to each of you right here. Okay, so this is a will. It's blank. You can fill it in. Um, If you don't have a will, I suggest you probably get a real one. Uh, This is not set up so it's your stuff is going to go to anybody. It's not that kind of legal document, but we're handing out a will. And part of the reason is because I said, when we move from I can to I will, well, why don't we have a will? And then I was thinking about a couple of my my friends. I had a good friend, John. John's a few years older than me, 30, maybe 37, 38, just a little bit older than me. I'm right there. John, four kids. In fact, he couldn't have kids with his wife. And so when they finally, um, they went through adoption and they adopted a baby. And right as they were going through the adoption process, they adopted two babies, um, they actually got pregnant. And so they had all these kids. John's a few years older than me. And about a week and a half ago, John died in his sleep. 
thought about another friend. I have, I have people on Facebook. Anybody have people friend request you on Facebook? You don't really know who they are? Well, they see the church page, and so they'll come and they'll friend request me, and a lot of times, you know, I, I accept it. You know, if they don't look too weird or too strange, you know, I say, all right, I'll accept that. And so this guy, he accepted me or requested me, and we became friends, all right, quotation mark friends. I mean, I don't really know the guy, um, but we talked a little bit. He wanted to come visit the church. He wanted to come check it out about two weeks ago. He friend requested me. He said, I'm going to be there, you know, once we get through the holidays. Um, and then, you know, you start seeing all the things. He just passed away. So I know death is one of those things that is just, it's, it's terrible. My neighbor just passed away. But it's something that, that we all face. It doesn't matter how old you are. John was an awesome person. My friend John from Missouri, just a good dude. He was not involved in anything bad, adopting kids, having kids, just a good, godly man, all, all about his family. But sometimes you die. And God doesn't give us a doesn't tell us when it's going to happen. And so I thought about a will, and I said, why do we always wait for the will to tell us what's going to happen after we die? Me and my wife, we have this ongoing argument. I tell her when I die, I want to be cremated because I don't want her to waste money on a coffin or a hole in the ground. Cremate me, dump me in the beach, throw me out of the river. It doesn't matter. I'm not there anyway. I'm not making light of it. I'm just telling you. She says, no, I'm going to do what you want. I'm going to do what I want. I said, well, I'm going to be mad. She's like, it's not going to matter. I said, I'll haunt you. She said, we don't believe in that. And I said, well, whatever. I do what I, and that's my will. I want you to, I, don't, I want to be cremated. Don't, what, what, what is good? I mean, some people, if you have a place in the ground, that's okay. You know, I'm not talking about, about that. This is just, this is Chris's desire. You know, why waste money? Use that money for something else. That's what I'm looking at. With the cheapest coffin, cardboard box, burn me up, do something with my ashes. You know, put them out at the beach. They can go out there. The kids can enjoy the ocean and think about dad, you know, something cool like that. But what does it really matter what happens with your stuff after you die? Doesn't it matter more what happens with your life when you're here? You only, gotten a certain, you only have a certain number of days left. And so we're talking about your vision. See, it takes vision. The scripture says without a vision, people perish. In Proverbs chapter 29, it says, without a vision, people perish. Now, that's the, the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law is happy. In the ESV, or a more um, current version, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who learns and keeps the law. And so this idea, we make plans for everything. There are people that are financial planners. You go to them, you sit, you talk with them, and they'll tell you how to spend your money, where to invest, what not to buy, what to do. And, and you make a plan for your money. And the idea is that if you plan out where your money's going to go, hopefully you know, you're better off and not broke. We have eating plans. They sell them on TV. You've probably purchased some where you eat six ounces of this, and then you eat some broccoli and a little bit of this. And my wife and I got one of those ones that comes with, like, the containers that you can fill them up. They're different colors, like fill this one up with vegetables and this one up with carbs and this one up with meat. And I'm packing as much crap as I can into each of those things, saying if I can fit it in there, it'll work. You know, and you have eating plans, and then you have workout plans, like P90X or whatever. You know, if you've ever gone through anything like that, it tells you every day, this is the exercise that you're doing, and, and this, is, this is how it's going to work out. And, and we make plans for so many different things, but when have you thought about making a plan for your spiritual life? 
you know, the, the, Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. You ever heard that? He talked about boxing. Everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. But, but you might as well go into the ring with a plan. You might as well think about your spiritual life and say, here's a plan. Here's, if it worked out perfectly, this is what it would look like. My wife and I, we, I mean, from Miami and from the Bronx, living in Missouri because God called us out there to help plant a church in Missouri. And God gave us a vision. He gave us a desire for, for Lexington and for around Lake Murray. And, and, and we felt God called us here. How the heck was that going to happen? We didn't know anybody, not one person. But God gave us a vision, and he said, and we wrote it down, and we talked about it, and we said, this is what we would love to see happen. This is what we would love. We would love to send missionaries out of our church. Before we even launched, we got to see that happen. We would love to see kids' ministry, and, and yes, our kids' ministry is growing, and it's going to be better. We're looking at getting some more space out in the front, so pray with us about that. We want to make our kids' ministry better out there. We have good space, but we want better space. We, we had a vision to serve, serve people in need. Look at what happened last week. I mean, a church came together. We just, we just put it out there and said, this is what we'd like to see happen. And then we got sick. Like, I figured I was going to try to get there. I work full time. I was going to try to get there and help deliver these meals. And then my boss, all right, praise God for your boss. All right, don't talk negatively. But he was like, yeah, you got to get this done. I was like, sweet. So I'm sitting there doing a spreadsheet and trying not to stress out and freak out and be like, but I got to get there. And what happens if I don't? Oh, but at least my wife will be there because she's at home with the kids. And, you know, she's my right hand. And she always, my wife comes up big. I mean, she's like always there and always has my back. And then she's like, I can't talk. I can't move. I don't feel good. And, you know, I, don't, I know if she says that, she means that. She's not like whiny. You know, some people are whiny, and you're like, yeah, whatever. But, but like, my wife is tough as nails, and if she says that, like, she doesn't feel good. And, and so I said, all right, God, you got this. And before you knew it, like, we had people just showing up to drive meals and deliver it, and they called me when it was over. They're like, yeah, that was awesome. It was a good deal. It was quick. It was easy. And I just sat there, and I was like, how awesome of a church is that? Like, that's what we had envisioned is, is a place where it's not about me but where it's a church, where it's a body of people that love Jesus and that they love their community and that they're, they're willing to do what they can. Now, Dan, he said, you know, I have Tuesdays off. I want to go help deliver on Tuesday. Because he could. I couldn't. I'm trying not to get fired. I have two goals every year. I work in the school system. Two goals since I started in the school system. Not to get sued and not to get fired. A real low bar. But those are my two goals every year. And so I'm trying not to get fired. I couldn't just ride out. You know, I thought about it. I was like, my wife is sick. I could say, hey, I got to go check on my wife. But that would be lying. I could check on her afterwards. You know, I just made a, no, but, you know, I didn't. And I couldn't. But make a vision. Have a vision. Stick to it. Did it work out perfectly? No, there's been some bumps in the road with the church. There's been some ups. There's been some downs where somebody asked me, they said, Chris, is, is this a church you would want to go to if you were looking for a church? And, and I could say, honestly, it's close. It's on the way. 
Does it have more room to grow? Yes. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But it's growing, and I see what God is doing, and I'm just thrilled and excited. So this is an idea for you to to make a vision. And if the vision of our church, which, you know, this is our vision statement, which in all honesty, it's on the next but I hate vision statements. I just do. If you anybody else hate vision statements, I absolutely hate them. People say, what's the vision of the church? And I'm like, read the Bible. That. What happened there? But some people don't read the Bible. They don't know what it says. So you got to break it down and make it simpler. But, but the vision of our church is, is, number one, we want to see people fall in love with Jesus. Like, real simple. Like, that's what I see the scriptures about, that Jesus loves us and we should love them. We want to see people find a family. There's too many people out there, orphan believers, that they just don't have a place. Now, your family's not perfect, but they're all you got. And we want to have a place where people can have somebody, where, where somebody can need a little bit of help, and somebody else is there to come up behind them, or, or somebody gets a crazy idea, and the people rally behind them, and, yeah, I'll buy baskets. I got turkeys. I got mac and cheese, and I got a car, and, and where you're there for each other. And we're not 100% there, but we're moving in that direction. I want to see people live in freedom. Not to be bound. Sourpuss, defeated, angry, bitter Christians. It's like an oxymoron. All right, believers in Christ should not be that way. Do we struggle? Yes. But we should live in freedom. Like, if the Son of God shed his blood for you, like, maybe it would work. Maybe your sins would be forgiven, and maybe you could, like, get free of some junk. Wouldn't that be cool? Isn't there some junk you'd like to get free of? And that's what we want to do. And then be active in your purpose. Whatever it is, if God has called you to move to Africa, we want to help. Just like we help Sarah. If God has called you to, to work with children, you know, if you got a clean record, we want to help. <laughs> I'm saying if God has called you to, to work in music and you can sing, good. We, no, I'm just kidding. Even if you can't sing, good. You can help set up sound. We can help. You know I'm saying there, there's something, whatever God has called you to do, we want to help you be active in that, not just think about it. And so a vision, the vision is the, is the act or the power of your imagination of seeing something, of conceiving it in your mind, of having discernment and foresight for the future, um, an awareness, this is one definition, a mystical awareness of, a, of the supernatural, usually invisible form. And it's the idea of, uh, this is a kind of a different thing at the end there, but, but I think of Sarah, and I think of when she had a vision to go to Africa. I don't think she saw a bunch of African people in her room and was like, I need to go there. That's not what I'm talking about. But she had an awareness of a supernatural calling that God had put on her heart. And she said, I don't know how this is going to happen, but can you help? I'm sure. It's like, I've never been there. But whatever we can do. And we, we helped her get to connected with the right people and find a good place to go. And now she's riding around on a public bus in Africa. Takes a set of uh, guts to do something like that. Um, but to make a vision, um, begin with the end in mind. And so Matthew 25, 
Um, one of the best chapters in all the Bible, if you've never read that chapter, go home and read the whole thing. In fact, ignore me for the rest of the service and just sit there and read that. I think you get a lot out of it. You don't have to listen to me. But if you don't know what it is, there's several stories that are in there. One of them is this story of the parable of the talents. I'm going to paraphrase it for you guys, but you can go back and read and check. But it, it talks about this, this guy who he takes three of his people and he gives them each talents, which that was like a word for a coin. And he gave 10 and he gave five and he gave one. And he said, I'm going to go away to a far country. And when I come back, um, I'm going to call you to account. You guys do business until I return. And he comes back and the guy that had 10 talents, he had gotten more than the other guys. He he traded and he did business and now he had 20. The guy that had five, you know, he, he did some trading and he did some business and now he had 10. They doubled it. They both doubled it. But the guy who had one talent, which I mean, he had the least to lose. He's like, hey, I knew you were kind of hard and I was afraid to let you down. So I took that talent and buried it in the ground because I was afraid of you. But look, here it is. So the master goes, give me that. And he takes it and he gives it to the guy that had 10. He says, throw him out of here. Dude, he's giving a picture of what it's gonna be ha- what's going to happen when we close our eyes for the last time. Like we're going to stand before God. We are going to, you and me, and it's just, there, him and us, nothing protecting us. Yes, his grace has covered us and he's forgiven us, but there's going to be an accounting, a settling of accounts where he looks at you and he knows you can't lie. There's no half answers or, or skirting around or being like a politician where you say one thing, but you mean another and I got God. No, And you give an account, and and this is the scariest part of it. Like, we live in, like, the most blessed country. I had a group, and this is, you know, don't judge me, all right? If I get mad, oh, well. You have to forgive me. That's in the Bible. And I say that a lot because it's true. So practice. All my offending you is practice for the real world. (laughs) But I had a group of kids in school, about 200 of them, and they were... On, on, on laptops the school system gave them. And we're having them sign up for this website, and it's free. And this website searches scholarships, and it takes all your information and says, here are all the scholarships that you can get. This is all that you qualify for. Let's help, let us help you apply for them. And you could see the number like $1 million, $2 million, $2.4 million worth of money out there that you can potentially get. And it'll put you, you don't even have to look, it does it for you. And then companies use this website where they go on there and they say, hey, this kid, that has what I want. And they'll hire the kid and they'll pay him like 60 grand a year and pay for their college. And it's free. And we're forcing them to do this. And they're like getting upset. Like we're bothered, like they got something better to do. And I knew it was my last day at that job. So you always feel a little better, you know, I'm changing position, still in the district, but I walked up there and I said, I just want you to know that there's a billion people 
that would die to take your place. In fact, I have family members that would swim across the ocean to get into your chair. Yeah, your life might swimming across the Atlantic. We're blessed. Might be tough. We might only have the 40-inch TV when what we really need is a 65. I mean, it's HD, but it's not that HD. I mean, there's that line across the front of it. My brother-in-law in the back, great man of God, bought a TV at Best Buy, and there's this line that I've never seen. And he told them, there's a line on that TV. I will not accept it. They came by, and they gave him a brand new TV. And they said, what are you going to do? He goes, what do I have to do with this one? He said, I don't know, dispose of it properly. He disposed of it into my living room. <laughs> and he's like, I just can't watch it. Look at that line. I can't see the line. But it's big, and it was free. And that's my price. That's a good price. So thank you, Jonathan. I don't know if I ever thank you for that. But that is awesome. And so we're blessed. And so make a vision. God is, cares about three things. Your time. Your time. You know, that's the one thing we all have a, the same amount of. It says, look carefully then how you walk. This is Ephesians chapter 5. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Without a vision, people cast off restraint. You know, they, they get out of bounds. They, they go places they don't want to go. Understand what the will of the Lord is and make the best use of your time. Do you know that the average working American spends about three hours a day on leisure? And that's what the st statistics say. Three hours a day on leisure. That's a lot of leisuring around. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot. I'm not judging you. Crush those candies. Like those Facebook status. But could you give 10 minutes to Jesus? I'm not talking about your work time or your sleep time or your eating time. You're going to spend the average American 1.25 hours a day eating. What if you looked at your time and you, and you, and you said, this is how I want to spend it? It might happen and you get sick or you get down or life kicks you in the face and, and your plan doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, but I guarantee you you'll get farther with a plan than you will without one and a plan that is prayerfully made. That's not just some crazy out there thing, but saying, God, this is how I would like to live differently. This is some of the things I'd like to do differently. The next thing, your talents. Your talents. God cares about your talents. You are different than me. I'm different than you. Use them. I'm great at having crazy ideas. That's my talent. Let's go start a church. Woo, let's go. People said, okay, and some people showed up, so praise God. There's some things I'm not good at. Spelling. Horrible. Somebody wants to take over making this stuff? Be my guest. Terrible speller. I blame it on my father. 
Not because he can't spell, but because he said, you get an A in everything but handwriting and spelling. And you don't tell a kid that. There wasn't a spelling test that came. I was like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Spell it like it sounds. But your talents, use your talents. What are you doing with, with what God has given you, with how God has made you? You have talents. You have gifts. In fact, Scripture says that, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's a variety of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but it's the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. God has empowered you for something great. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the best because a lot of times those people get too busy. But use what you have. Sarah, perfect example. I think I can do this. I think I can move to Africa. Not everybody can. There's some of us in this room that we just, it would almost take a miracle for us to move to Africa. But she said, you know what? I'm young enough. I don't have any attachments. I'm not really in debt. I think I can do this. Here I am, Lord. But what can you do in your situation? Because you're not responsible for Sarah. You're responsible for the person that's in your underwear. Unless somebody else has them on. But the one who's currently wearing your underwear. That is what you're responsible for. Is what you can do. The last thing is your treasure. And this... Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where treasure is, that's where your heart will be. I was cleaning the house yesterday. Horrible. All right, try to avoid that as much as possible. But we're cleaning the house, making room for the baby. And so I put some YouTube videos on my phone, and I'm just listening. And you ever just you let YouTube roll? Well, it got on some crazy stuff, and it was just going in the background. But there are these people that they were breaking into. I'm not condoning it. I'm just telling you what I saw. Breaking into, like, old abandoned stadiums, like in Detroit and in um, Atlanta. And they were just looking at how millions of dollars went into these things, and then people just walked away from them. And that always amazes me how much money we put into stuff. Now, I ain't asking for your money. I'm just telling you there's an account that will be made. Every dollar. Not that you can't spend it on yourself or you can't do what you want to do with it, but like maybe we should take the scripture and do an account. Maybe we don't need 65. Maybe 60 is good enough. I don't know. If you get a good deal, go for it. I'm not telling you specifics. I'm telling you a principle is that that's what God looks at. And I would rather you follow that principle and never give a dollar to Lakeside Church than to give money here and ignore it. Because I think it's, a pro it's important that, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so we have this right here in your hand. You can look at it. We'll read through it a little bit. But you could put your name there if you so choose. It's just an exercise. You don't actually have to do it. Don't feel we're not collecting these at the door or anything like that. But this is just for you. And you just put your name there. It says, I of this county, wherever you live, being of sound mind. I copied this from a real will. All right. So it's kind of legal. But, you know, don't give it to anybody. Being of sound mind. 
and not acting under duress or undue influence, fully understanding the nature and the extent of the work of Christ on my behalf, to hereby make, publish, and declare this to be my desired will for my future days. What would you like to see God do with you? Let's take care of our debts first. That's what they do in wills. Well, I realize that my debts against God have been forgiven through the death or because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you can check that off. There's no debts that haven't been paid. Personal representative. Will, you have to actually select one of those. I understand that Jesus is my personal representative. Do you know he's at the throne of God interceding before you? He sits at the right hand of God. He intercedes for me, and he placed his spirit in me who also intercedes for me. That's a lot of prayer God's doing on your behalf. He has got you covered. You cannot fail. may not be easy, and you may not wind up where you thought you were going, but you can't fail when you commit your life to do God's work. Concerning my person, here's where it gets real. I devise and bequeath my time, my talents, and my treasure, both real and personal, wherever situated as followed. And then there's six things I wrote there, and you may have other things that come to mind if God is calling you for something else, but here's a starting point. I will develop my relationship with Jesus by figure it out. Maybe going to church more often. Maybe having a quiet time with the Lord in the morning. Maybe saying good morning the first thing you wake up and just acknowledging he's with you. We teach my kids that, you know. They'd get out of the crib and they'd be like, good morning, Jesus. I don't know if they still do it. You know, now they kind of get up and they're like, but... How are you going to develop your relationship with Jesus? Grow in your knowledge of the scripture. Have you read it? When was the last time? I set a crazy goal. I read the Bible through every year, and it ends in September. So that's when my kind of biblical new year starts, you know, where it starts over, and I go right back through the Bible. And I said, by the end of 2017, I'm going to read it again. And that has been tough because I've been busy. But I'm sticking with it. That's my goal. If I don't hit it, I don't hit it. But I'm in Psalms. And I got four weeks. So we'll see if we can do this. All right? But I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm trying something. I've set a goal. I've set a plan. And without a plan, you know, what would happen? I will serve my family. You know that matters, how you treat your family? How are you serving your family? I will support my local church by praying blank per blank, once per year, twice a week, once a day, once an hour. I don't know, but pray for us. We need it. The people in this room need it. Pray for us. That would be awesome if you could commit to praying for us. In fact, coming up in January, we're going to do 21 days of prayer. And fasting. Everybody smile with fasting, all right? You think that's crazy? A couple people in the back thought that was good. But, yeah, we believe the Scripture, and it does talk about prayer and fasting. And so how could we be true to God's Word and, you know, just cut that part out? Oh, we don't like it. So we will do that, and we'll talk about that more. You can join us um, in the new year if you'd so like. Um, serve my local church. I don't care if you serve here, but find a local church and find a way to get involved. What can you do? Something. You can do something. 
and I will love my neighbor or neighbors by committing to be nice, say hi, have them over for coffee. I don't know. You figure something out. And then we'll deal with some sins, sins of omission. To the extent that I'm able to in body, soul, spirit, and mind, I will not neglect the good works which I was created according to the purpose of God for my life. Sins of commission. To the extent that I am washed of my sin, made a new creation in Christ, and empowered by a spirit, I will avoid the sins which so easily beset me. I thought it was interesting. thought it was different. I hope you don't think it's morbid because that really wasn't what I was trying to do because I'm not talking about your death. I'm talking about the rest of your life. But right now, we're going to end service today, and we're going to have a time of just some prayer and some reflection. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads just for a minute and just, just, just focus on the Lord just for a, for a few. I've enjoyed talking about Jesus with you. But my desire is that you know him and that you love him. I don't know where you were when you walked in today as far as your relationship with God. You might be really good or you might be really bad, but it can get better. If your relationship with Jesus and your use of your time, talents, and treasure doesn't reflect a love for the Lord. That's an indication of what's going on in your heart. If you can be honest and you could say, you know what? I haven't been putting my time, talents, and treasure to good use. And I'd like to commit afresh to Jesus today. Would you just put your hand up wherever you're at? And you're not the only one, so don't feel like you're the only one. Father, you saw the hands that were raised, and you know the hands that aren't. God, help me. Help us all to make good use of our time, our talents, our treasure. God, help us lay our lives down, not out of obligation, but because you're worthy. Not out of duty, but out of joy not feeling as if we're going to die, but knowing that we're coming alive in you and doing what you've created us to do and living the life you died for us to have. I just thank you. You saw every hand that was raised. I pray you'd be with them in spirit, teach them, show them. God, no condemnation, but help them, God, to set a, a vision for their lives, something that would lead them in to 2018 so they could be effective for you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.